Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. You know, Erica and I, we've got two small kids, Olivia and Ben. Olivia is five, almost six. She's going up on, coming up on six here in a little bit. And Ben is three, uh, and they are so stinking cute. But they get in trouble so much, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, this past week, I'm going, and we're uh, hanging out in the backyard because we've had, it's been weird. Like, last week, the weather was, like, terrible, right? It was like, I wanted to go to Canada. It was, it couldn't be this bad there. Um, but uh, this week, we've had some great weather, and so we're hanging out and having some backyard hangs. And um, all of a sudden, you know, Olivia and Ben are playing together. There's no one else around, and they're playing beautifully, as a brother and sister should. And not within, like, 30 seconds, all of a sudden, Ben had a, a, a chunk of Olivia's hair that he was holding on to screaming like a banshee. And Olivia had some toy that he, that he was playing with. And they just went from, like, beautiful brother and sister to, like, they're going to kill each other if we don't step in. Like, it was like UFC 38, whatever we're on now. It was worse than McGregor did to that other guy. So, uh, but anyway, so when I'm watching this, you know, there's a part of me that, like, you know, you, like, you, it's kind of funny. You're like, you know, that's pretty, probably pretty typical. There's the other part of me that's afraid because I'm like, these are the pastor's kids, and what kind of example are we setting for the neighborhood here, people? Come on. Um, but, but ultimately, I landed with, like, when you see stuff like that, you cannot argue with me uh, that selfishness is not like our nature, right? Because typically, like for most of us, uh, self- selfishness is kind of a part of what we started out living with. Like no one taught Olivia and Ben selfishness when it comes to toys or, or anything like that, right? No one taught, and we didn't have to teach them that. That was already in them. For me and Erica, um, you know, I've, I've got some selfishness that I deal with. I'm way more selfish than she is. She's fantastic. She's great. Um, but for me, I'm pretty uh, selfish when it comes to uh, the covers on the bed because, like, I don't care if it's freezing cold. I don't care if all the kids are with me. Like, I'm going to yank them and roll with them. And, like, I'm going to be snug. Everyone else, it's like survival of the fittest up in my bed. So, like, I'm going to do the thing where I wrap them around my feet. Like, they're going to. And so I'm pretty selfish when it comes to the covers. Erica, not so much. She's very giving, except for when it comes to brownies. Now, let, let me be, Erica and I, we've been on a diet for a few, few weeks now. She's, you've lost like 16 pounds or something like that. You're killing it. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, she, she helps keep me accountable. You know, I'm constantly going for like chocolate and stuff. But, but we haven't had brownies in a couple months. But I'm going to tell you right now, it, before this diet, if, it, if there was a brownie in my house, it was not safe. You know how, like, people do that thing where, like, you, like, no one will go for the last brownie because they're like, oh, I don't want to be that person. Erica don't care about that. She's like, that brownie, fair game, my germs, you know. It's, it's, but, uh, but, yeah, brownies are not safe. So selfishness in, in, in us are pretty, it's pretty natural, right? It's, it's something that, like, some of us are, are really born with it. But those instances are kind of funny. But sometimes in our lives, the selfishness that we are dealing with and, and what we're going through is, is not funny because that selfishness has the opportunity to come in and 
really mess up our lives. And, you know, there's times where we can tell story after story of how selfishness has, has started to destroy families, has separated marriages. There's people that have lost jobs because of, of selfishness. There's people that have, have incredible addiction issues today because of selfishness in their lives. And so as we started off this series you know, with the question of, of how do we, how do we uh, approach this problem of selfishness, how do we live selfless, I think one of the issues that we're fighting against is culture. Because the culture that we have now today says everything of like, man, what you want, go get it. You know, there's a, I was talking to someone the other day about, um, about credit cards and like, man, how easy it is to go get your first credit card. And like, it's like one of those things where like, yeah, sure, here, go take it, whatever. Like what you want, you deserve now, go and get it. That's like, that's a culture that we're in. But ultimately it turns into a thing where it ends up hurting us. Anybody here watch Parks and Rec? Yeah, a couple of people do. Sweet. Okay, uh, I do. If there's something bad in Parks and Rec, I don't approve it. So please know that this is not a message from Coastline saying Parks and Rec is okay to watch. It's just, you know, the faultiness of your pastor. But there's a part in Parks and Rec where uh, Tom Hatherford, Haver, Haverford, whatever you say, um, they have this slogan for life. And every now and then it, ha- it comes up, they say, treat yourself. Right? Anybody you know that? Treat yourself. And it's turned into one of those things where, like, like, people are like, you're not afraid to treat yourself, right? It's, and I would tell you, it's okay to treat yourself. Like, Erica and I, we had a little treat last night. We had a little babysitter. We went to Chick-fil-A by ourselves. It was weird for about three seconds because we were like, uh, we don't have kids to watch. We're watching other people's. Um, but it was great. We treated ourselves. Went and did a, little, did a little shopping. She picked out this new Columbia shirt. What do you think of this one? It's a nice one. It's a nice one. It's okay to treat yourself. The issue, though, is, is sometimes we turn that cultural treat yourself into, like, this is how I do life now. And ultimately, it turns into where we, have, we put ourselves as number one, and we put God and other things as number two. And I think that when that switch happens, man, be, 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 beware, because danger is coming next. And so I'm going to open up this message with the same thing that we started the first message of. In your life, who's number one? What is number one? When it comes to, to living, if we're supposed to be followers of Christ and we're supposed to live selfless, at some point we've got to ask ourselves as followers of Christ, who's number one in our life? Who, who, who are we living for? Who are we letting be in control? Who's number one? Jesus, um, he kind of gives us a hint on who number one should be. Uh, in one of his fantastic, it's actually probably the most talked about uh, uh, sermon that Jesus ever gave. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of the very first things that he taught about. Um, he, in, in the book of Matthew, for about uh, three or four chapters, you'll see uh, this great sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to preach a little bit out of it today. But he says this in chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, now when we say, when we say this and apply it today's today's day and age, kingdoms really don't make sense because none of us really live in a physical kingdom, right? We live in the United States of America; it's a democracy. There's not one person that is in charge and lead and and leads everything in us, everything that's supposed to happen in this country. But in these days, when Jesus is talking, there was a kingdom. Specifically, there was uh, the Roman Empire, 
There was a guy named Caesar, and that person was in charge of his part of the world. He was the king. Jesus isn't talking about his kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom of God in the sermon. He says, but seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom. For that to happen, for you to seek first God's kingdom, you have to accept that, like, okay, well, then, then the God has to be king of my life. Then he's got to be, he's got to be number one. And as Christians, like, we've gone through, you know, uh, Bible school and stuff like that. We've heard pastors talk and stuff before, and, and it's easy for us to think, okay, God's, God should be number one. We should put him number one. But ultimately, if you're honest with yourself, is, is that where, really where he's at? Because I, I can tell you myself right now, there's many times where I've chosen selfishness over what God wants, and it doesn't work out the way that I, I think it should. So ultimately, we've got to ask ourselves, as we finish up the series, who's number one? How do we put God into number one? Jesus communicates uh, through his messages. He says, you know, ultimately, all the law, all the rules in the Bible, many people think that the Bible is just filled with, with rules and laws that you've got to live by, and this is how you're, you're a good person or not a good person. But ultimately, Jesus boils it all down to this. He says, the basis of all the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God love people, I think there's a part where you're supposed to love you. Ultimately, though, we've, in America specifically, we've kind of gotten that flipped around a little bit because we live in the treat-yourself culture, and sometimes we can turn it into love me, attend church, and, and have a relationship with God, and then we'll see about other people. But I, I believe that specifically in this new year, as we live out selfless, as we live out being selfless, Jesus wants to change our hearts. He wants to change who we are to live out what God has called us to. And I promise you that if we, if we will live selflessly, we'll have an opportunity at a fantastically better life than what we have right now. And so today, this week, I specifically want to talk about one tool, one tool in your bag one tool in your spiritual toolbox that I know that has the, the ability to adjust your heart when it comes to turning it from selfish to selfless. This, this is a tool that is not easy to use. It's not something that, 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 that everyone really likes to, like to use. It takes a little, there's a little bit of a pain that comes with using this tool as first. It's not something that we're naturally uh, connected to, and it's not something that we can naturally use and just jump right into. But I, but I want to warn you with this. If, if you can get a hold of this tool, and if, if, you, if you'll use this tool, you will see it revolutionize your heart and your mind and the life around you. And that tool is generosity. Look at your neighbor and say generosity. Now, when I said that word, many of you, especially people, maybe this is your first time at Coastline or, or maybe this is the first couple times at Coastline. Maybe this is your first couple times back in church. When I say that word generosity, the thing that's geared up in your mind is you see dollar signs. Here we go. The pastor wants something out of me. But here's the catch. Catch this. We already did the offering. Like I, I, We're not doing a second offering or anything like that. Today is not about me trying to convince you or manipulate you or obligate you to give to Coastline Church. Because that's not what this generosity is about. I'm going to tell, tell you right now, if, if, 
if you grew up in a church where you felt obligated or manipulated, I want to apologize. I wasn't the pastor at that church, but on behalf of, of the body of Christ, I want to apologize to you because that's not, I don't believe that's the generosity that Jesus talks about. I think as, as we talk about this generosity, I want you to picture, it's, it, this is not a connection between you and Coastline Church. This is not a, a, a connection between people and churches that have mishandled and, and, and tried to uh, pull money out of people for decades. This is, this is a connection between you and God. And it's not all about money. It's also about time, which I believe is equally as valuable. And so today, if you're a member at Coastline and, and you give regularly or sacrificially even, I want to say thank you. You allow us to do what we do every week, and that's a big deal. It's what keeps us going. If you give uh, sometimes sporadically, I want to thank you because it is a big deal. Every dollar makes, makes a difference impacting the world around us. I believe that the church is the number one tool that, that, that Jesus wants to use to reach people that are lost. And so I thank you if you've invested into the kingdom in that way. But specifically today, if you're someone that is turned off by when the church talks about money or when you hear anything about generosity, today, th this is about you. And I want to let you know, I don't want anything from you, and, and Jesus doesn't want anything from you, but he does want something for you. And I know that this to be a tool that has changed my heart and, and, and chiseled away selfishness and allowed me to live selflessly. And as I've chosen this tool time and time again in my own life, it's made me a better person. It's made me a better man. And so today, as we talk about generosity, I want, you, I want to challenge you to focus your mind on what it means for you to be generous in relation to God. You know, I believe that when it comes to your heart, there's, there's two things that are extremely valuable, things that are hard to let go of, things that people, when you talk about them in church, people get a little bit nervous. And the first one is money. But the second one, I, I believe, is as equally as valuable is time. You know, because many of us, uh, uh, Kayla alluded to her a little bit earlier, many of us, we, none of us have an, an infinite amount of time here on this earth. We have a finite time. There's going to be a time in which and we started, and there's going to be a time in which we end. And I don't know about you, but as I get older and older and older, that time seems to, every day just seems to get a little bit shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And the responsibilities and the workload become more and more and more. So ultimately, it comes to this thing where I just don't have the time anymore. This past week, I gotta, I've got to uh, uh, confess something. I actually missed a meeting to do coffee with someone here at the church because I was too busy. It was one of those things that life just, I, I didn't have the time. I didn't even pay attention to it. And I, I keep a calendar. I keep, don't, don't bring me your tools of management of time. I, I've got it. I promise you. I'm handling my time. I got calendars more than you even know. Alarms that go off. But time is valuable. And money is valuable. And they're both, thing, they're both things that I love. I, I like, anybody here like money? I like money. Anybody here want some more money? I, I want some more money. I'm going to tell you right now. But here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think it's wrong to like those things. I think it's only wrong when you put it ahead of God. 
when those things, when that value is num- sits as number one in your seat and you put God and Jesus, you put them as number two, I think that's when things can be dangerous. And so Jesus, um, you know, rather than me getting up here and tell you my philosophy and my thoughts of, of generosity and how we should be generous, um, I think it makes more, more uh, sense to actually listen to what Jesus said about these things. Because ultimately, we're going to be followers of him. We're not followers of Brian. Let's see what Jesus said. So in this Sermon on the Mount, one of the things that he talks about more than many other things is this idea of generosity. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. He tells us how to be generous. He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need... Don't do as hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you get to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will will reward you. There's something about here where Jesus is talking. He's, He's talking about an adjustment of your heart. He says, watch out. Danger. It's not about what other people see. Your generosity is not about what, what the, what the pat, you know, just so you guys know, like I don't see anything that comes into money here at all whatsoever. Like I'm completely a blind, blind eye to that. But when it comes to you being generous to the people around you, to other organizations, it shouldn't be about like, what people, other people see. Because in that situation, you're putting them number one. God says, Jesus says, let God see what you're doing. Do it in secret. He, he has a reward for you. Some of you all don't know that. You think, man, the reward is other people look, think better about me or I feel better about myself. But God says, no, there's a reward that comes with this. As you choose him and as you choose generosity, as that chisels away that hardness on your heart, there's a reward that's going to come next with it. Every time we choose to be generous, whether it's with a waitress that's, that's, that's helped us out. By the way, real quick, this is not a sermon. This is not out of the Bible, but this is just a public service announcement, okay? If you eat out in New Smyrna Beach especially if you wear a Coastline shirt or have a Coastline sticker or anything about Coastline, if you follow Jesus, one, if you don't tip, the Holy Spirit will let me know, and I'm going to find you. That's not true. I apologize. But if I hear about it, I'm going to find you. Secondly, tipping is, is 18 to 20%. 20% is better, okay? If you want to go 25, you can. That's called being generous, okay? But I want to give God 10%. Well, I'm going to punch you. Be generous to the people around you. It makes a difference. Okay, back on the sermon. Here we go. All the waitresses said amen. Yeah. It's important to be generous to the people around you. Let your your light shine through your generosity to your neighbors, to the people that you work with. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Not many people are helping out or being generous to the other people around them. When they see it, that stands out just for itself. But if we point all the glory to Jesus and say, hey, the reason I do this is because Jesus told me to or because this is how Jesus was, man, what, what about the opportunity that these people are going to find him? It's absolutely fantastic. He continues to talk about it in the Sermon on the Mount. 
He says this, when it comes to the love of money, he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Whatever your treasure is there, your desires of your heart will also be. Let me, let me read that again. Because he says it's very clear when it comes to the treasure. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Generosity is not about that God wants your money. He, it, it's not about that God wants, wants all your time. God wants to have an opportunity to change your heart. And if, if your heart is completely filled with thinking about numbers and thinking about that clock, if you'll be generous with those things, he has an opportunity to change who you are. This past week, I told you I missed a, a lunch appointment, and ultimately, um, you know, the next day I went, and I had an even busier day than what that day was. And, and I started out the day, and I, I almost, I got out of bed, and I was like, man, I just got to, I just got to, I just got to go. I got to start doing this. I got so much to do. And I stopped. And before the kids were up and before Eric was up, I went out into the living room, and I started to pray. I started to pray, and I said, God, I said, I got a big day today. I got so much to do, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. But ultimately, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you the first of my time now. I'm going to bring you what's first, and I'm going to give it to you. And whatever happens after this, oh well. But I'm going to show you what is important to me today. I'm going to tell you on that day, I got more stuff accomplished and more done than I had had done all week long. There was inc this incredible miracle, this return of where God somehow allowed more hours to happen, allowed me to be more productive. I think, I, I know it's because I, in that instance, I said, God, I'm, I'm putting you first, no matter the pressure that's on me, no matter what's going on, I'm putting you first. It's a matter of the heart. Some of us, we believe that we can balance both. Man, I can, I can pursue money, and I can, I can build wealth and all this stuff, and, and I, think, I think you can. But ultimately, you have to ask yourself, what is number one? Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says this. It says, no one can serve two masters, for he will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for their heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothes. There's something about bringing to God what is first and trusting him. When you do that, it says, God, you are first. In my heart, with the things that I care about, you are first. And the things that I love, the things that I value, when I put you first in it, God, I'm showing you that, that you're number one. I'm not selfish. I'm, I want to be selfless. I talked to a good friend of mine and, uh, a few weeks, no, this was probably a month, maybe even a year ago, 
And uh, he told me, he said, Brian, you know, I, I grew up in a time where, like, we didn't have anything. We didn't, we didn't have money. My family just was trying to feed everybody, and sometimes that didn't always happen. He said, I remember going into, into a church and the pastor talking about, you've got to give, you've got to give, you've got to give. He said, we'd, we'd paid all our bills and we still didn't have enough. But somehow this pastor's telling me that I've got I've to give. I don't think that's right. I told him, I, I don't think it is either. See, I, I, I don't think that God wants you to be in pain. I don't think that he wants you to give the very last of what you got. I don't think God wants you to go hungry or not provide for your family. That's not, that's not what God wants. But I promise you this, not because of my name or the church that I lead, but because of what the Bible says, every time that you will stand up and be generous with what's first, if you, if you will go first and say, before, before everything else is paid and done for, if you will say, God, you're number one. When it comes to my day, when it comes to, to, to me, the, the time that I have in the day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the first of my time. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. When it comes to, to, to the beginning of the week or the, the when, when I get paid, before I pay everything else, God, you've given this to me. I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to put you first. I promise you, every time, God will show up. I can tell you story after story after story after story of single moms who were in debt and didn't have a, a dime for anything that chose God, and somewhere out of nowhere, a check showed up that they didn't expect and paid off above and beyond what they needed. I can tell you about a young couple who didn't have anything, didn't have a house, didn't have a car, leased everything, and was up to debt in their eyeballs. And one day sat down and said, we're going to start to give and be generous. And the next day, $500 shows up in the mail out of nowhere. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense in the world that we live in. It, it doesn't. I understand that. But I, if, if, if one thing I can be sure of is this. If you put God first in what you do, he's going to show up. That's why an uneducated, southern, uneloquent man can stand before you today and find joy in preaching and, and leading people to Jesus. Because I stood here not so long ago and I said, Jesus, you first not me. Be generous with what he has given you. I want to leave you with this. For some of you today, the action step is you might have a relationship with Jesus, and I want to challenge you to take your first step and, and be generous with your life and say, Jesus, you come in. You have your way. Show me what you can do with me. I think that's the first step for many, for some people here today. The second thing is this, is I want to challenge you to be generous outside of this church. I'm thankful for the people that are, but I know that if we can be generous out in the world where he's planted us, and we can show people who he really is. And so I want to challenge you to be generous in those ways. 
If you're looking for a place to start to be generous too, man, I can I can uh, tell you about a couple of them. There's Frog Ministries right here in town. They're a free thrift store. Go take some time. They need some volunteers to help sort through clothes and help people check out and give people free things that they need during the week. It might only be an hour. It might be a couple hours that you have. But I, I, I challenge you to go and see how generosity will change some people's lives, even change your own life. My good friend Eric Lancaster, he runs Bridging the Gap here in town. It's a food resource center. He's feeding families that don't have food, that are going hungry. He's providing life coaching skills, helping people get jobs, providing beds. And it only happens by people who are generous and give. Every dollar provides one meal for one person. If you're looking for a place to be generous to, man, I, I, don't, I don't get a, I, do I get a cut from anything that's given to you? You haven't even bought me lunch in like six months, man. We'll go to Taco Shack this week. We can make up for lost time. It's a fantastic place to be generous to. They don't even know I'm saying this, but Grace House, is that what it's called? Here in Newsomer, Grace House in Newsomer Beach, Pregnancy Crisis Center. If you want to be generous, help out some moms that are in need. It's a scary time. I was never pregnant, but it was scary for me too. Generosity will change your life and it will change the world. More importantly, it changes this. It changes your heart. And that's what God wants. He wants your heart. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to start this step of generosity by giving of yourself and connecting to him. So I'm going to give my life today to Jesus. I want to start a relationship with him. If that's you, I want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. If you're here today and you'd say, today, this last weekend of the beginning of this year, this month, today I choose to be selfless and not selfish. I'm going to set the tone now for what's to come in this next year. I'm going to choose generosity where I live with the people I work with. If today you accept the challenge to take the next step and live a generous life with your time and with your treasure, just as a symbol to God, not to me, not to this church, not to anyone around you, just between you and your heavenly father, if you accept the step to be generous, I want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. Heavenly Father, you see all the hands that have gone up. I thank you so much for the heart that your church has for reaching people in need, for showing people you. I pray that even outside of what happens here at Coastline on a weekend, Lord, I pray that as we choose generosity that your Holy Spirit would work through us. God, that people's lives would be changed. I pray that we would be able to bring joy to service workers in the area as we choose to be generous with what you've given us. I pray that, 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 that other organizations in the area that we volunteer for and that we help, they would continue to grow as we, as we be generous with our time. I know it's not easy because we're busy, but I thank you for what you've given us. And I pray that tomorrow as we wake up, before our head comes off the pillow, before we start to look at our phones, God, that you would charge our heart to be generous 
give you first what you want most. And as we give these things, as we are generous with these things, I pray that you would change our hearts forever. And as we change, I pray that you would change the world that we live in forever. And I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.